I can. <laughs> it's like 50 jobs out Serena, you know, get your reporter hat on. That's lock like in. There could be bullets flying over your head. You're and right. you'll find out about it once you get hit. What it is, what it do, this is Ramblin', your Rams podcast that gives you inside of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from L.A., California. I hope everyone is staying safe, staying healthy. We've got our guest today. He is a reporter, an analyst, and a host for NFL Network. But let's be real. This guy is more than a man who wears suit and tie and shorts on television. He is a friend of mine, and I've said it before and I will say it again. He's one of the coolest cats on the block. Great follow on Twitter at W-Y-C-H-E-89. Steve Weish, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> right on, that lounge music coming in, man. I'm like, right up. Let's do it. And thank, and thanks for that Twitter shout out because I've lost like 3,000 followers like over the past couple weeks. You know, people are like, you're keeping it too real, Steve. We don't want to hear it stick to sports. And I'm like, peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, you can send some my way because I'm losing all <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, hey, look the one, the one, the ones they're that are following dropping, you. They're not gonna follow me. Hey, the one. No, you don't want the ones that are, the ones that are saying goodbye. I don't think you want them in your legion. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's not working. Um, what is working? And speaking of losing Twitter followers, you've been busy these days. Um, I love the panel discussions you've actually been doing for NFL Network recently. One um, included our very own nose tackle Sebastian Joseph Day. For those who haven't seen these, what are you up to, and how did these discussions kind of get started? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Sebastian. We'll, we'll circle back to him. But, you know, ever since, you know, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, and we see what's happening in our country, you know, the network said we need to have some honest discussions, the discussions that were not had four years ago when Colin Kaepernick decided not to stand for the national anthem. So. Let's get players on. Let's get coaches on. Let's get um, political pundits on. Let's just get people who can really talk, have some honest discussions about what's going on and, and where we can go moving forward and how we can hold people accountable. So we've had some really um, incredible discussions. I mean, we had a one on with Chris Long and Richard Sherman and our Jim Trotter. And it was really, I mean, look, we're not being filtered here. I mean, there's a lot of taking the NFL to task, a lot of taking team owners to task, you know, of course, law enforcement, but it's not just griping about the bad police, you know, who are, you know, who should be held accountable. It's about what we can do to find ways to bridge gaps. We had a, a police chief from Miami Gardens, Florida on, uh, Delma Noel Pratt, who was on with Sebastian Joseph Day. And we, we came up with some you know, she was telling us about the success of her community policing. <clears throat> Couple that with Sebastian, who's, you know, him and I've had some discussions, but part of what's going on that's leading to this and Sebastian's big cause is education and how COVID and now this is really exposing the digital divide. You know, who has laptops? Who doesn't? Who has Wi-Fi? Who doesn't? Who can keep pace with what's going on? People can't vote because of the digital divide. People can't become police officers or matriculate through a college education because 
you know, they haven't grown up with laptops. They don't, they don't have access to Google. Um, and, and it's becoming abundant. So these, these roundtables are great. And having someone like Sebastian on, and, you know, I, I've reached out to the team like, hey, this guy Sebastian's on fire on, on Twitter and whatnot. You know, let me talk to him. So him and I have had some discussions. And I want to amplify people like him. You know, because they're not just people out here grousing. They're, they're people out here making people think and understand some of the reasons why so many things have slipped through the cracks and so many things are being resisted. And, 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 they, and they're such intellectual um, measures to fix problems that really, you know, can be fixed easily. And, and that's the great thing about these roundtables is giving, giving him a platform and an amplified version to let people know, you know, that players care, teams are supporting them, and, you know, there, there are ways to fix what's wrong. What do you think um, – you've covered the NFL for quite some time. Mm-hmm. What do you think of players like Sebastian who are now speaking up more like I, I – um, Robert Woods actually said something recently that was like, you know, I feel a little more safe speaking up as a black man from California. Well, that's the evolution. That's what we, there have been always been a handful of players who've always been active and who, who spoken, but they were put out on an Island. I mean, you see what happened to Colin Kaepernick, but it's not just him. You hear guys like Kenny Stills who are still playing. But they're like, man, you know, we, we lost endorsements. We were, we were radioactive. You know, where, where was all of this, you know, when we were doing it? You know, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of folks, you know, Andrew Hawkins and, and people who spoke out after Tamir Rice and, and people just came after him. But now, because teams are showing the support that they did not show their players, guys are more comfortable. You know, we've seen this in the NBA and the WNBA before because they've got guaranteed contracts. In the NFL, you don't have guaranteed contracts. So guys are like, man, if I say something, I might get, I might get let go. Even though they're so valuable to their team, that concern was there. Now I think people are saying, wow, there's, there's other people doing it. And as we know, we feel more comfortable when we feel that we're bracketed. When we've got somebody, you know, football works better when your teammate on your right and your left stepping on functioning at a high level. And if you can carry your weight, that's great. So that's what's happening now with, with more and more players speaking out, more and more white players are speaking out, more and more high profile players are speaking out. And a handful of teams have shown authentic support. The Rams being one of them. I mean, I've, I've been, I'm working on some stuff with Kevin Demoff um, with students from historically black colleges um, and, and he's taking a mentorship lead a guy along with guys like Jacques McClendon um, and, and that from the Rams who, you know, Jacques always out there now. Jacques always pushing the positive stuff, but um, you know, so those players, the teams, the teams that are supporting their players for the right reasons and not just to make themselves feel better. Um, I think in this kind of odd off season we're having, I think these are the teams that are really going to end up bonding and, and, and making legitimate on the field runs because of the support their teams have shown them. Yeah. I mean, Sean McVay, I've been really impressed with his leadership since he took helmet at the Rams, but even with him immediately having that conversation, forget football for a second, the, the, that Monday after the weekend kind of really 
we all felt it the most from from George Floyd's death. It really propelled, you know, Sean to have these conversations. And and uh, to give credit where credit's due, I think Kevin Demoff, um, Matt, and I talked about this before you jumped on. Like, it was great that you know the Rams gave you know employees the the ability to even go purchase some books, and we would be refunded for reading about racism and how we can start to you know unlearn things that we have learned before and um supporting you know black owned restaurants sometimes the small things you know can add up and we just all need to be a little more woke you know woke <laughs> um i'll also just give also- a shout out to, to Jacques real quick for oh, always, Jacques, yeah. he's absolutely a great dude and he's uh, a pivotal part of making sure that these men come into the league and and stay str- responsible focused young men and uh, turning these into good good dudes growing forward they come into the league i mean I don't think people realize you come into the league. Sorry, the fire truck coming by my part and it's going into the lucky and avoid it. I know. Serena, just make sure they've got a warrant. (laughs) Don't let them in without the warrant. Okay. But to the point, I always, uh, and you know this when you're around athletes, like for even for me and I didn't make it in the majors, but it was like, you're not gonna most minority families, invested their you know child's focus to be athleticism because we weren't going to make it in these institutionalized schools like harvard or yale like i somehow got into syracuse but i was planning to play softball there and my family was like you're going to get your scholarship through softball and i had even no idea i was dyslexic at the time so i was like yeah this education thing isn't working as well for me, but then we didn't have the testing for it in the Bronx, like none of those things. So imagine you finally get there to your point, Steve. Now you, you can't talk about anything because you're like, I just worked way too hard to get to this point in my life. Um, you, having guys like Jacques around, helping them get bank accounts, helping them get supported, helping them refocus because then now everyone's asking you for things. I've heard this a gajillion times from every Rams player. What is the one thing that you didn't realize when you came into the NFL that's been a surprise to you? It's more of a business than the actual game. And it is, you don't realize like all the other little things that you have to do. Um, so yeah, shout out to, to Jacques too, because he's, uh, it's, been, it's been a positive at least to see a team like an organization like the Rams do things. Um, as we have another truck come by, this is the loudest Smoke detectors work. Almost, almost make sure your smoke detectors work. Misses. Let's talk football for one second. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, ruining all the sound. Um, our mutual friend Mike Silver recently said that his second-year player poise to take the biggest leap in 2020 is Rams running back Daryl Henderson. Now, last season, I pulled this up. Henderson played 8.4 percent of the team's offensive snaps. What do you think of our friend's prediction? And maybe I'll paint a bigger picture. Like, what do you think of the overall run game for the Rams this season? Because we're working with Mal- Malcolm Brown, we got Daryl Henderson, and then we just got Cam Akers out of Florida State. Yeah, I mean, I think Cam Akers is going to be more of the workhorse. Daryl Henderson is going to take a leap, but I think he's going to be more of a situational type player. And Sean, you know, the way he's going to do things, I think he might use a little more two-back um, this year. I think we're going to see a lot of teams, you, you know, we saw how successful the Niners were it with H back, with H back and fullback looks. Um, but yeah, I mean, Silver. I, I, I mean, Daryl should. He's going to get more opportunities. There's not going to be the constant question about how the how the 
running game is going to evolve. We saw last year there were some issues with the offensive line. Um, why or why not is Todd Gurley playing? You know, we, the offensive line looks like it's going to be tightened up a little bit more. Again, they're starting kind of new. There's Daryl, there's Cam, and, and there's Malcolm. And so they're going to have to figure, you know, some things out. But, you know, I don't know if Daryl's going to be the guy to make the, the, the biggest leap. There's, I was going to say Debo Samuel, but he's going to be out for a little while now that he's got a broken foot. But, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys around the league, you know, who, who we just aren't quite um, that sure about what they're going to do. Um, we haven't seen anybody did, either yet now. So. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. Right. That's the thing. We haven't, we haven't seen anybody. I haven't seen the team. <laughs> There's going to be guys showing up in cast that we know nothing about. Yeah. Or with limps or slings and things like that. We know nothing about right now. So, I mean, that's another interest. We can talk all we want about this and that, but when they report, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, this guy had surgery six weeks ago. He's going to be out for another two months. Right. No idea. Know. Oh, okay. Well, good yep. to know. I know. Yep. Um, to the next topic, what makes me happy? A guy who we haven't seen in any cast. He's just running away from them. Aaron Donald. He is got the alarms going. Aaron Donald is bench pressing, which is, you know, would make anyone happy. Makes Dan Kroenke happy. Makes us all happy. But this man barely breaks a sweat. 225. I counted 36 reps in under a minute. There was a spotter. There was no need for a spotter. This man just literally... Oh, in my sleep, I just did this. What do you think of this man's workout regimen, Steve? <laughs> I mean, I, I, think, I think more of his flexing because, like, every – you know, he puts, like, five different flexes. I mean, he's here all the time. <laughs> What's his famous? Yeah. He's here that, all the time. Yeah. You know, he's here all the – but, no, I mean, look, Eric, come on. That, that's, how, that's why this guy's here. He's an undersized D-liner, right? When he came out of pit. This guy's too small to make an impact like this. When you see him line up against guys, you know, like Brockers and, or, or, you know, yeah. and, and Sebastian Joseph, he looks tiny, right? But he's so quick. He's so strong because of his height. His leverage is so incredible. That's why he's able to split the double teams and triple teams that come his way. I mean, he's the last guy you have to worry about. And I'm really interested to see how they're going to use him in kind of this, this new type of scheme because um, they got to turn him loose. Uh, the edge rushers are a little different. You know, we what's going to happen here with some of these guys? So it's great he's got Brockers back. It's yes. great getting Brockers back to help him out. Um, but there's going to be more put on Aaron Donald until some of these other players on defense can show themselves. I mean, the linebacking core is different inside and outside. So teams are going to be like, if we've got a double team and then ping pong him with a third, we're going to do that. They do it anyway. But I think he's going to get even more attention to other guys show themselves. Correct. Because what happens is usually like a guy like Dante Fowler in the past has benefited, but he's also been able to do what he needs Dante, to do. Dante's a pretty good player. He's I mean, he, a good he, he had to be accounted for. player. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had to be accounted for, yes. So that benefited from both ends. Yeah. <laughs> we need to see some of these new guys. Yes. Leonard Floyd, Sean Robinson. We haven't seen them yet. <laughs> I'm, I really want to see Oboe turn it on because I haven't gotten to see Oboe go full speed yet, I don't feel like. You know what? <laughs> I have never heard a player more talked about that I have seen less from. I am eager to see him Yeah. as well because for two years now, I have heard about how he's something special. Yeah. But, you know, he's kind of in the wind. You know, I'm really eager to see him. 
Yeah, I think we all are. I think he's eager to see himself too because he's always telling me in the locker room, he's like, man, Serena, I'm ready. And I'm like, all right, bud, let's, let's get you on the field. Let me just go talk to Joe Barry or whoever. I'll put a good word for you. Um, all right, we're going to news from around the NFL. I'm sure you've heard about this. The Dak Prescott finally signed that franchise tender with the Cowboys. So they're QB1, one year, $31.4 million. Both sides have until July 15th to work out a long-term contract. So I've read the Cowboys want a five-year deal. Dak wants a four-year deal so he can hit free agency when he's 30. Either way, this is a lot of money. How do you see this kind of working out, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of surprised that he signed the deal right now because I mean, he, he's got time to do it. That is his one leverage point. Yeah, and if he can't work out a deal, then he's going to have to sign it at some point anyway if he's going to play and get the money. But I guess he said this is one more sign of good. I don't know how much more good faith signs he can show them. Um, so I, I guess that's what it was. I do think they're going to continue to try to work on a long-term deal just for cap reasons. To yeah. have a thirty-two million dollar cap charge on when you can that's reduce that number in half. Um, you know, that could be part of it. Or, look, he could play the Kirk Cousins game. You know, $31 million this year, 34 35 next year. Anytime you can take $65 million over two years, I think most, most players would take it. Um, because I will tell you this, in Mike McCarthy's system, Dak Prescott should light it up. Mm-hmm. He should thrive. Now he's got CeeDee Lamb, right? Mike McCarthy loves wide receivers who can catch and run. That's part of his version of the West Coast. That's why they love a lot of the receivers to have return ability especially punt returners, because you catch it, you got to dodge, right? So that's a historical uh, kind of scouting trait for the Green Bay Packers, by the way. So I just taught you a little something. Um, but in Mike McCarthy's system, I, I think Dak should just absolutely thrive. So they might want to get that long-term deal done. Because if, you know, if they're playing the, if they're playing the tag game with him, it, it could end up costing them a whole lot of money in the long run, and who knows what revenues are going to look like. And maybe that's what they're playing. They'll play the tag game with them this year because of COVID. Maybe revenues in the cap come down next year, so it's not going to cost them as much. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't play that type of dodgeball, though. I think he's a good player who's going to thrive in the scheme. You've got to understand what you're working with here. I know. I kind of thought of it as like, man, get, you know, get this guy a contract, and then Matt's like, he can make a lot of money in, in two years. And I was like, that is also true. <laughs> so I, yeah. I don't know. There, it's Contracts are fun <laughs> for more conversations outside of a podcast. Hard Knocks, it's happening. It is a go. The Rams, Chargers, both going to be featured this season as they prepare to go into SoFi Stadium. We're all looking forward to that. You can see it in an airplane. Just haven't been able to see it in person lately. Um Leading up to the first regular season game, who are guys – I mean, we all love hard knocks because you kind of get that inside peek on a, on a team. Who do you think guys on the Rams would be standouts? And Matt and I cheated. We talked about this before you came on. Oh Sorry, God. Steve. We kind of thought John Johnson would be the perfect story. He'd be great. From an injury. We didn't yeah. cheat. We prepped is what we, we did. Pre- <laughs> it's the same these days. <laughs> well, you know, we know Gerald Everett. Yeah, another guy with like lingering injuries. And yeah, now you've got Tyler Higby who came through right. at the end of the um, season. You know, it's all about personalities. There's got to be somebody who's kind of the tweener <laughs> guy. Sebast- uh, Sebastian Joseph Day. We could, but you know, they don't like guys who are like oh, they- <laughs> super intellectual and who are going to like 
whip on a Rubik's cube and solve it in four moves. Right. Who wants um, that? Right. No, I mean, it's, it, it'll be, I mean, Jared Goff got picked on so much last time. I hope he does a redemption tour. Um, that would be good. I'm, I, this is, this is a tough question. We thought about it. Um, cause I was like, do you focus on a rookie, like a cam makers or a Van Jefferson? But I'm like, usually they'll be like, no, I don't want to, or is there a coach like Joe Barry is so everything like, is there, you know, sometimes you kind of get a little more spotlight on coaching. Mm. Um, mm. Sean, we'll, we won't learn anything about Sean. Sean will just kind of go to his office and be like, sorry, I'm busy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, I think Aubrey Pleasant. Oh um, yeah. You know, See, look, and he, and he's a guy that wants expect to be a coordinator or a head coach soon too. So if I'm the Rams. I'd, I'd give him a little shine. Mm-hmm. Um, Whitworth, Troy, Whitworth. I was like, Troy Hill is a quiet guy, but also just like playing opposite of Jalen Ramsey. Could yeah, well, Jalen's going to be the guy. I mean, I was, sure. about to, kind of I was just ignoring guy. like the big names. I'm like, well, we're going to see them. Uh, but There's Jalen. There's the contract. Right. You know, I mean. <laughs> oh, you mean that storyline? What about yeah. that thing? Yeah. Forget Dak oh, Prescott. Talk about. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, there, there's going to have to be someone that, you know, that's the one thing, like you look at the Rams, they've got all these really prolific receivers, but no sizzle, right? They don't got any smack talkers. They just got guys who go out there. They're and all produce. polite. Yeah, they don't have, they don't have that guy who just goes, I mean, Brockers is great. Brock, his laugh is everything. Like, that's all I need to hear on, on Hard Knocks is Brock's laugh. Uh, we were kind of thinking maybe Josh Reynolds could be an interesting storyline because he's constantly like the fourth between you know Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cook's departure. Now we bring in Van Jefferson. Okay, well, what happened to our boy Josh Reynolds? And he's gr- I mean, he's so good, but but he's he's quiet. He's quiet, but but he I, but he, maybe, he maybe, when the camera shows up, he he'll put it on. He has, he'll sauce it up a little bit. Maybe that's maybe also there's, there's is Clay our, Johnson too obvious? Oh, Clay Johnson, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> From Baylor, but one of the guys we drafted from Baylor who is, who was like, I will run through a wall right now. And then um, Lindsey Theory was like, really? And he goes, nah, I was just saying it, but I'm excited. Like, he was just like, oh, yeah, when <laughs> he got drafted. It would be a wild card. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would love Tyler for Higby's someone like – kind of fun. Yeah, kind of. But, I mean, think about the rock stars of, of Hard Knocks. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no lead singer for the Rams, man. That Sean wants it that way. <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's worked. But, I mean, it doesn't work for our knocks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, it'll be – I don't – I think we should lobby for Jacques McClendon. I think we guys should – we should really turn – because Jacques, Jacques, Jacques will make it happen. Jacques would be great. All right. You want to do social segment? Yeah, let's just jump right into it. Um, okay. So normally this is the socially distant social segment, but uh, things are starting to open back up. Certainly not the same way the world used to be. Uh, but is there anything that you've seen about this new normal or our new reality that's really stood out to you that's just been a total change? Oh, gosh. Um, everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, look, everything. But I think like the, the oddest part, are people's attitudes, you know, to the masks. Like we look around the world and everybody else is kind of like this, but for some reason in this country, we think this is a U.S. issue. <laughs> like, no, everyone else has worn masks around the world. And their numbers are going down. They're, they're getting back to life. Why are we fighting this 
so hard. And, you know, I would think the other part, you know, I, I used to think I really liked wine. Since I've been spending a lot of time at the crib, I mean, I really like wine. I've been going in pretty hard, Serena. That's good. That's good. Is it good? Wine is relaxing. I see, I see your post with some shake, a little shake, a little cube oh, or two yeah. in there as well oh, from yeah. time to time. Oh, yeah. I want McAllen to just sponsor me at some point. More of a scotch lady, but, you know, my time will come. <laughs> I do like uh, – yeah, it's it's kind of fun. Are you so you're just straight wine? I I knew this because anytime you can go up north. <laughs> oh, I went this weekend. Oh, of course I went this past see. weekend. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was intense for a couple of weeks, man. We found we found about four or five wineries opened up, and oh, nice. we were up to the uh, Solvang Lompoc area. That's awesome. Um, but it was kind of cool because you know they wouldn't you couldn't go inside like everything was outside, which is fine. So it it's great. nice up there. It was great. The weather was great. It's really chill up there. Um, found a new spot we hadn't gone to called Sunstone that had DJ Hectic. He was ripping it up. I was like, what? Is this a winery? Or this DJ spot? and winery, that doesn't really. Oh, man, it was right on. It was on time. It was great, man. The crowd was wow. fantastic. It was, and it was like very minimal. The tables were very far apart. I like this. So everybody was really responsible. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. Okay. I like that. It, nice. For me, it's been hard just not giving hugs. I'm such a hugger. And then I see someone, I'm like, <laughs> Hello. Like just it's like game changer. Ah man, like Latinos be kissing on the side like twice with the hugs. We we hug before and then after and then one more, even though like you're walking oh, I should have given you enough. and it's all just like hey, it's good to see you. Here's one. Here's one and I and it might go out the window forever. So we've had about two or three birthdays in my house, right? Okay, in fact my son, our youngest son, turns 24 today. Today. Happy birthday. Right. Happy so birthday. guess what no longer happens with the birthday cake? Blowing out the candles. Blowing out the candles. That might be a tradition that goes adios. I never even thought about that. How about that? No candles on a cake. I just thought wow. we'd switch to cupcakes and you can individually blow your one You can cake. do that if, you know, if, if it means that much. Sure, but like, <laughs> there's really no need for it. Nope. Candle business. I've made so many wishes on my candles and they never come true. So screw that. <laughs> yeah. Sell your stock and birthday candles. Right. Wow. I have. That's Man. something I never even thought about. That is um, mind blown. Also, we just, we've seen so much exposure and support for black owned businesses, arts, books, entertainment. Is there just anything that you want to put out there that you don't know, promote for yourself or, or for others? Sure. Um, for anyone who needs a haircut, black, Latino, white, whatever, go to Stakely's Barbershop, owned by my man Tyrone Stakely and his brothers in Ladera Heights. It's where me and artist, I turned artist time artist onto it. We'll drive artist. hours to go to yep. this man. The Stakely's, okay. PR for the Rams. <laughs> That's right. You know, so Stakely's is there. Um, there's a lot of really good books that may not have to do. I'm big fiction as much as nonfiction, but. Um, I turned Kevin Dem off onto this it's song. It's a book called Song Yet Sung. It's a great, great explanation of the Underground Railroad. It's not Harriet Tubman based. Um, it's fiction, but you know there's a lot of uh, you know history to this uh, by an author named uh, I believe it's Richard McBride who wrote The Color of Water, which is another absolutely fantastic story because his mother's white, his father's black, and as a little kid, he's like, "Well, what color am I?" She said, "You're the color of water." has no color. So it's just really deep. So, but just, you know, 
I, I'm just, you know, I try to support black businesses. I live in the Baldwin Hills View Park area. You know, a lot of businesses down here off of Crenshaw Boulevard and um, the La Brea area. So, you know, whatever you can do, man, because the food is good. Lines aren't that long. Sometimes they're long. Go to Phillips Barbecue or Woody's. Oh, yeah. Um, Woody's. Woody's is good stuff now. Woody's is good stuff. I like Bloodsoes. We Bloodsoes is good. Um, Down in Inglewood. Um, there's one in Fairfax, I think, too. I think. Okay. Um, I think the, the OG one is Inglewood. Is in Inglewood, yeah. A, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're big. They're they're big caterers to uh, the SoFi Stadium posse. I'm hoping that uh, we get one, like a little thing in the stadium, because my LAFC season tickets are right next to a kiosk, and that's my go-to every game, man. So good. Uh, Fat Tuesdays just opened up in the valley here. It's like New Orleans based. So you're getting like the gumbo, which was delicious. Uh, and they put like the crab legs and like, oh man, it's good. Right on. Um, and I also really love Hilltop Coffee, which is like yes. very popular, but I love that place. Which, like, one do you, which one do you go to? One in Inglewood or the one the in one View in Park? In, the one in Inglewood. Yeah. Um, yeah. The original one in View Park, that's like five blocks from my house you know it's great so we walk up there you know i'm going for runs and stuff and go up there and get the avocado toast uh the pork belly uh grilled cheese is pretty outstanding Mm -hmm. so that's that's you know those are the original owners and then they partnered of course with isa ray yeah isa ray yep to build the one in inglewood she filmed at least one episode in there the ambiance is amazing like it's it's like stuff like like I just love that where it's like we want these nice things in neighborhoods that didn't have it we will support these things yep. for some reason they don't make it to these neighborhoods. Um, so I love Hilltop, love, love, love Hilltop. And then there's a chain fishbone seafood is also very mm-hmm. good. There's a couple of those, but I had like a little, little list. So I was like, Oh, this is, this is our time. This is good. All right. Well, I like that. And shout out to artists because he did not get a haircut all of quarantine until recently. And I was like, we were on a Zoom call together, and I was like, "Artist, you he are hit me fresh. up. He told me he went to Stakely's. <laughs> my guy. Yeah, man. And it's a drive for him. <laughs> he was far away. He lives on Thousand Oaks. What isn't a drive? He also true. <laughs> 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 All right. I'll end this, um, this podcast with a quote from Johnny Hecker in our Say What segment. Uh, he recently spoke to a number of young people at a juvenile detention center and gave some words of advice. This is what stood out to me. He said, failing is good. I don't need to go through life being afraid to fail and being driven by the avoidance of failure because it teaches you how to move on and how to keep going. Failure is good. Quitting is unacceptable. Steve, would you like to add anything or end with your own words of wisdom? Yeah, my, uh, my brother, my younger brother, Tony, who's a very smart, brilliant dude, um, said something to me, and it, and it really stuck with me. Um, and it was, don't be a mirror. Too often we're mirrors, right? We do what everybody else does, right? We, we sit there and talk about this going on in society, and then we do it. Instead, be a window. And I think at this time, do things, be authentic, and strive to be something that moves forward, something that we can see through. We can see progress. Let's not be a mirror where we look into it and we look back and see ourselves or see other things going on. Let's keep on looking forward. Let's keep on being that window. 
That was a perfect way to end a podcast. Thank you, Steve's brother. <laughs> and Steve. <laughs> Forget you, Steve. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's another episode of Ramblin' in the Books. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We'll be bringing you more episodes throughout the offseason. And Rams fans, don't forget, if you want more All Things Rams, we've got another official podcast, Rams Revealed, uh, with host J.B. Long, his guest this week. The aforementioned Sebastian Joseph Day, a fave today. Uh, Make sure you give that a listen. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. Steve, I really appreciate your time.